Hi ladies, I'm here to do week two, day three. It's titled Covenant God. It's Genesis 12 through 50, but our scripture reading is Genesis 12. So we'll start with that, and then I'll read page 32 to you from the book. Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. Genesis 13. Okay, so that was Genesis 12. I'm going to read page 32. It says, We find ourselves in Genesis 12, and it shows us the call of a man named Abram, whose name would later be changed to Abraham. God calls him to leave his country and his family and go to a promised land and there have a new family and create a new nation. God's promises were great and included a great nation, a great name, blessings for Abraham, blessings for those who would bless him, and cursings for those that would dishonor him. This section of scripture is referred to as the Abrahamic Covenant and God would keep every single promise. But there was one more promise made to Abraham that day. God promised a Messiah, 
God promised Jesus. God promised that a blessing would come through Abraham's line that would extend to all the world. This promised one would be the one to fulfill every other promise of scripture. Because every promise finds its yes and amen in Jesus, Jesus would be the blessing that would come to all nations. In so many ways, this promise to Abraham is just an expansion of the promise that was made to Adam and Eve in Eden. Messasonic hope is being imprinted on the hearts of God's chosen people. We must remember that when these promises were made, Abraham was not the father of a great nation or the patriarch that we know of today. He was just an ordinary man chosen by God to be a part of this extraordinary story of redemption. So he obeyed and trusted God even though he didn't understand exactly this plan, how this plan was going to work. Abraham would have a son, and the birth of that son to a couple in their old age would be a miracle fulfillment of God's promise. The fulfillment of the promise of Isaac would serve to point Abraham and all the world to a greater fulfillment of the promised son of God. Abraham left the security of everything that he knew to follow God. And aren't we have so thankful that he did? Abraham's obedience was a part of God's plan to bring Jesus, who would rescue us from our sin once and for all. The rest of Genesis unfolds as the descendants of Abraham begin to multiply just as God had promised, and we trace his descendants through Isaac, Jacob, and his sons. The problem of sin persists through the remaining chapters of Genesis, but we also begin to glimpse the promises of this covenant unfold. These promises were not dependent on Abraham or on his descendants, but on God alone. The story of Abraham and the rest of the book of Genesis reminds us that we can trust the Lord. Even when we don't understand or we don't think the plan makes sense, we can trust that he is working in ways that we don't see and in ways that we don't understand. Because when God makes a promise, he also keeps it. On page 33, question 1. How does Genesis 12, 1-9 promise the Messiah? Read Galatians 3, 7-9 to help you understand. So let's listen to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 7 through 9. Galatians 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the work? Oh, we're not going to listen to all that because we just need 7 through 9. So it says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So it says, how does Genesis 12, 1-9 promise the Messiah? Read Genesis 15 for more insight into the covenant with Abraham. We see that this covenant ceremony happens while Abraham is asleep. What does this tell us about how the covenant was completely dependent on God and not on Abraham? Question 3. 
God made many promises to Abraham, but Abraham did not know how it was all going to work out. How does this encourage you to trust God in your own life? End of day three.